My name is Rashad Nellums and I am the VP of Technology here at 4850 Labs. And I also like to introduce Darren Brown. And Darren, I'll give you a chance to introduce yourself and your role. Uh, good afternoon, uh, this is Darren Brown. I'm the Atlassian Practice Manager here at 4850 Labs. So Darren and I wanted to get together today and really have a discussion. We know there's a lot more traction now from the Atlassian side of the cloud and its performance and stability to be something that customers can really look to as it relates to moving off-prem. And so what we wanted to do is really discuss with our customers some of the things that they can consider when moving to the cloud as it relates to their migration, as well as the expectations that they should have around that. So Darren and I are gonna have a conversation and we're gonna just discuss um, a few questions where we can give you some insight and other additional things to think about if you're thinking about moving to Alaskan Cloud. So Darren, I'll, I'll put the first question out there. What are some common misconceptions about Alaskan Cloud migration? So how would you answer that? The first one I, I would say is that it's gonna be quick and easy. Uh, and, and just the move to the cloud is just uh, one day you're in on-prem and then the next day or the next weekend uh, you're able to be in the cloud. That's something that we definitely need to make a, our customers aware that that's, that's not the case. More often than not, there's a, a great degree of planning and working out the kinks of the, the process. Uh, that goes along with the migration to the cloud. Uh, so the planning phase needs to be an extended period of time where you're looking at everything from your on-prem health of your, your applications on-prem all the way up to your, your vendor apps and, and those things that need to be actually migrated to the cloud. Absolutely. I was going to say, I think in conjunction with that, one of the things we hear from customers as it relates to it being easy, and we know that Alassian has done a better job of providing some tools to help the customer gets some insight into how they can migrate to the cloud. So they have a migration tool that will go in and begin to tell you some things about your Alaskan environment, whether that's JIRA or Confluence. And those tools in some uh, regards can help a customer move their data from their on-prem to the cloud. But what we found is that that is not gonna be applicable across the board for everyone. And so a common misconception is, well, I can just use the JIRA migration assistant to migrate my data, or maybe the Confluence migration tool to migrate a data. And although, again, those are applicable at times, there are many times based upon the customer's data set that those tools won't be applicable. And so that removes that easy button initially because a different approach has to be taken. So I think that's really important that customers understand that although those tools are out there and they can assist them, they are use case driven. And so every use case won't overlay to those tools. And so it, again, you may have to take a different tack and that is something that you want to begin to consider upfront and be aware of as opposed to making that an assumption, an improper assumption as you um, journey to the cloud. That's a good point. And Atlassian does do a good, good job of documenting some of the mm -hmm. known caveats and limitations of the tool, what is able to be migrated versus what is not using the tool. So reading through that documentation and making yourself aware of some of those constraints and limitations of the tool is a good starting point. So we have seen uh, where the tool can be augmented with some other mm -hmm. techniques to, to fill the gaps where some of those uh, limitations of the tool come into play. One, one other app that the migration tool is good for the core app data, uh, but we've seen a lot of the third-party vendor apps 
uh, fall out of the purview of those migration tools and have their own distinct migration paths. And in some cases, there are no migration paths for those vendor apps as well. So that, that's where a, a, a very close look needs to be taken in that vendor app assessment to see what part of your vendor app data is actually able to be moved. Absolutely, and, that's, and, and the, the nuance of that is too, what we encourage customers when we have conversations with them is when we say that we're moving the Alassian product set, being able to separate the core data from the vendor app data and also understanding in the vendor app data, what is truly important to your user base? Because understanding how those users interact with that data will drive what data you may need to migrate from those tools and also drive the conversations you have with those vendors to know if that is truly possible. Because we have encountered in our experience that some vendors do have a migration path for their vendor app data, but it may not always be the data that matches up to what the user is looking for for their particular use case. And so verifying that before you go down that path of migration is very important to make sure you're getting the right things at the right time to be impactful on the other side in, in your cloud journey. So I think that's definitely a great point to call out. Um, another one, Darren, that I know you and I talk about from time to time is the test environment. So what are your thoughts there about the misconceptions of the test environment, especially from customers who obviously are coming from either a server or data center on-prem to move into the cloud? Well, I'm not sure if it's, it's a misconception or as much as it is an oversight or an assumption, but I, I think many organizations and companies that have had on-prem or data center instances for a while have come so used to having a test environment that they're just assuming that there's one that's available to them when they make that move to the cloud. So need to make it very clear that the cloud instances, those are all production environments and they need to be treated as such. So obviously if you're moving your organization of, of any size, it's our recommendation to have a test environment for, for your Atlassian stack. So making accommodations and, and having the necessary discussions around what that test environment needs to look like, what is the cost of that test environment, how many users and what apps will be part of that uh, test environment, those things need to be considered because that absolutely affects your cost as well as your functionality of your overall Atlassian environment. Absolutely. I think, you know, in, in addition to that, another conversation point there is that even if you're not talking about a persistent mm -hmm. test environment in conjunction with the um, Atlassian cloud production footprint, even for your migration efforts, you want to have a test environment because you want to test your migration there, but you don't want to dirty up in a sense your production footprint. You want that to stay pristine. And so a lot of times when we talk with customers, we have to help them to understand we want an isolated environment to run through some iterations of the actual migration itself. And then once we feel comfortable with the migration process and the migration test that result from it, that's when we target the production environment for the cutover. But we don't want to do those things in the same place because we don't want any leftover or residual acts that have taken place as a part of the testing to possibly impact the new performance environment that they're trying to set up. So I think that's a great point. Any, any other things that jump out to you as just maybe misconceptions or that we should kind of keep in mind? I think it's, it's a great call out for the customers to take, take time to, to audit their, their on-prem instances and have an understanding of what the on-prem instance entails, meaning what, what's the data look like? How, how many attachments are there out there and how does that affect uh, the overall size of the backup or the, the restore process and, and 
just really getting to know what apps are out there, what users are out there, user groups, really auditing the system so you're not taking trash into the cloud with you, as well as knowing how those assets on your on-prem environment are going to affect your overall migration, the, the, the ability for that data to be migrated, as well as the time that it's going to take for that data to be migrated. So having a, a real good understanding of what is on-prem is going to aid you in knowing what needs to go into the cloud and how that data is going to go into the cloud. Absolutely. I, I kind of um, agree with you in regards to I think a common misconception, unfortunately, is that our customers feel, I know my data. And, and although we, we, we know how we interact with the application, we may not necessarily understand how the data has grown over time, how quickly the data grows itself, and also the integrations into the data. Oh, and yeah. so, you know, I think these are all important things that really kind of spill into that next question for us, which is, what are some things that we want customers to know if they were going into the, the cloud from a migration or a journey standpoint with the last year. And I think that's probably one of the first one is, is yeah, knowing your data stay. Well, go ahead, Darren. I would definitely start there is knowing your data. Really dig into it and, and get very familiar with what's under the hood of your on-prem instance. You touched on a great one there is your, your integrations. Where does your Atlassian stack talking <laughs> Uh, in your environment? Where do you have holes in your firewall to allow those communications? So you want to be able to closely replicate your current on-prem environment when you move to the cloud so your user experiences can, can marry. Obviously, you don't want your users to have a wholesale different user experience when you, when you move to the cloud. So understanding really what feeds into that user experience on-prem is going to help you better replicate that experience once things are moved to the cloud. Absolutely. I think, you know, that's one of the, the, the conversations that we have a lot of time with customers is that, you know, again, the, the, the prep work, you know, measuring twice and then cutting once is sure. your best friend in, in these type of transformations, especially for data sets and user bases that have grown over a period of time. A lot of the customers that we have that are considering moving to the cloud, they've been on their, their system for sometimes four five, six, seven years. And so knowing what is there, being able to have a, a good understanding of how it maps both to your business, but how it maps to the infrastructure is very important to how you will have a great, greater or better experience once you transition to the cloud. And so, you know, one of the things that we found in talking with our customer recently, we were able to help a customer move a, a 10,000 user footprint from on-prem to the cloud. And one of the things that they called out was that, we definitely would have done an assessment of our environment first because knowing to look and knowing where to look are not the same thing, right? right. So um, one of the things that, you know, he found value in and talking with that particular customer and their stakeholder was having someone that knew where to look to really ascertain that information and bring it back and help them to understand how it would map to their transformation and, and their migration to the cloud. And so I think that's one of the things we want customers to know is this definitely, we understand it's a part of the, of the overall TCO to look at the migration and that service itself to get to the cloud, but don't overlook the assessment part. Really assess your environment, really assess the vendor apps, really understand what the performance implications are going to be. Do all of those things with the partner like 4850 Labs, they can really help you know where to look, 
how to pull that information out and how to make it relevant to your um, migration. Because if not, again, just getting some high level statistics won't necessarily help the customer in their journey. Very true. I, I think that that really goes into the conversation around the vendor apps as well. One of the conversations that we help the customer have is prioritizing their vendor apps, taking that deep dive and looking at what apps you currently have on-prem and what apps need to be part of that final state once you move to the cloud. Once you conduct those audits, you, you see that there's a great degree in some cases of overlap where you have multiple apps that may do the same thing. You also see apps that may not be being utilized by teams anymore. It's just out there being paid for and it's actually stale and can be done away with. So that deep dive into your vendor apps is gonna give you a clearer picture of utilization as well as what part of uh, what apps need to be part of the migration plan and what apps may need to have special accommodations made for them in the migration. There are some vendor apps that the migration paths are, are, are fluid and being worked on. We work with vendors. Currently, we're working with uh, some vendors as they're defining their migration path from, from on-prem to the cloud. So having those customer conversations and letting them know that your app data may be a, a lagger in this migrate, you may get it, but it may come later. And having those necessary conversations and seeing if that's something that's palatable, making some hard conversations. But when it comes to third-party vendor apps, I think the main call out is there, there may need to be some compromise and some concessions made versus uh, when you look at what you have on-prem versus what's gonna be in your cloud. I think you know that worry that we, we have to have with customers and we use it a lot is concessions. You know, there will have to be some concessions that are made for the cloud because there are some vendor apps that you use currently on-prem that are just not available in the um, cloud. It's not that the feature set is different or, or somewhat redacted to a certain extent. It's just not available in the cloud for whatever reason that may be. And so that is something that the customer, you know, will have to accept if they're going to truly make that decision to move to the cloud. So those concession-like conversations are very important. And it's important not to have those conversations in a bubble. And, and so a lot of times what we find is that we'll have those dialogues with customers. And this is really important that we want you to know is don't just drive that conversation from the JIRA admin or the Confluence admin, just the IT perspective, but make sure you're reaching out to the business users and the business owners and, and understanding truly how critical path is that functionality? Because it may be very impactful for them to make a decision about go or no go as it relates to the cloud. And so it's important to iron those details out early for prematurely making that decision and obviously maybe having to walk back some, some expectations as it relates to being in the cloud that impact the business. And so that's very um, important, I think, you know, from, from things in conversation that we've seen. Um, another thing that I think, you know, a lot of customers, again, you know, have found is that when we talk about migrating um, to the cloud is understanding um, how performance and manipulation of, of performance is different. Um, so, you know, we've had customers who obviously when they have their on-premise standpoint, their security pieces that are very important to them and they can see certain logs and so on. And all of that assets is not necessarily the same in the cloud. And it's important for customers to know that that you know, your access because of not owning the infrastructure and owning some of that care and feeding also changes your interaction with the infrastructure and some of the audit trail pieces on the back end as well. And so it's important to know that. And then in addition, I think it's also good for customers to understand that the manipulation 
of the application will be different. And that's not just internal to the UI, but also you know a lot of customers manipulate the data behind the scenes. And so you need to understand that the API um, um, set for the cloud is different from the on-prem. And run into that a lot of times um, by doing the proper assessment of the environment to see how you leveraging API on integrations, how you leveraging data that may be farmed out from the Elastian application and piped into other tools that you use, because it's important to understand that the platform on-prem is a different platform in the cloud. Even though it may yield the same results from a day-to-day -day functionality, the behind the scenes or under the hood, they are very different. And so because of that, it may limit, or sometimes obviously it can increase your ability to do other things, but that should be factored in to the conversation of migrating to the cloud. And again, it's for, at 4850, those are the things that we really try to help customers to see during that assessment phase is really understand how you're utilizing and manipulating the data and understanding will those things, same things be available to you in the cloud. And if not, how does that change your interaction? Uh, with the application? And is that still uh, feasible for you to do those things or satisfy those requirements from a business standpoint? And I think, you know, when customers are looking at that, it's important to have someone help you walk down that path and fully understand that. Yeah, that, that's a huge point. I, I think overall, the, the understanding that administration of your Atlassian tools will change uh, dramatically. Obviously, you're in the cloud, so there, there aren't the... the types of server maintenance that goes into your on-prem but that goes all the way into how you leverage some of the the automate workflow automations or some of the audit the troubleshooting that you may do to 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 work with users by looking at the audit logs or or the various logs that you can dive into on-prem that's obviously not available to you uh in the same manner so your overall jira confluence administration aspects will change. Uh, and that's just something that uh, I think feeds into a, a, another point that, that needs to be considered is just how do you communicate to your end user community what this change is going to encompass. So having a, a comprehensive communications plan that addresses the main differences that are going to be brought to bear once you move to the cloud, once the lights come on in the cloud environment, what is your user experience going to be? And how is that really going to be different than what you were doing on-prem from both an administrative as well as a user experience perspective? I think that's a huge consideration is that the customers that we've seen be the most successful with their cloud migration and adoptions have had very good communication plans and have been out in front of that and making sure that the users understand what's coming and how that's going to be different going forward. I think one of the last things, you know, to know about the migration is really the migration is a part of the journey for many customers to the cloud, and they should consider it that way. Um, you know, we would love to tell customers that, hey, this is something that if you make this decision today, you can migrate tomorrow and you're, you know, you're done, move on. But that's really not the case. There's a reason why they call it a cloud journey. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we need to, you know, make sure that customers are well-educated that they're, as you mentioned earlier, you need to plan. You need to understand that you're going to need to test. You're going to need to have a proper communication plan. So all those things will take some time to develop, but if done right and done at the right pace, it leads to a successful um, journey to the cloud as it relates to Alassian. If those things are rushed, well, we found that customers, obviously, they, they, they feel the pain points of that 
And so I think, you know, that is important for customers to know that we're not saying that it needs to take, you know, two years. We're not saying that. But what we are saying is that to do it right, it does take a little time to hit all the major milestones or mile markers to success. And if you're doing that in with a partner, obviously like 4850, we can help usher you down that path in a way that we can ensure that we, we don't hit some of those landmines. Um, and also too, we do things at the proper pace to make sure that it's a proper experience and a successful one for everyone. Well, Darren, I appreciate you taking the time. I've been wanting to get to this conversation for a while. We've just been so heads down in some of these cloud journeys. It's not great. <laughs> recently, uh, but I think it's really good, especially on the heels of some of the recent announcements from Alassian and, and their continued emphasis on the cloud to give customers more insight into what to expect and, and some of those misconceptions. So thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy person, but I appreciate some of your insights and hopefully this is insightful for our, our partners out there that we hopefully are going to become our customers, but we call you partners, that we can partner with you guys on this transformation of really helping you have a successful journey to the Alaskan cloud. So once again, thank you from 4850 Labs. My pleasure.